Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What's going on, guys? It's your boy Thunder Chats here with another word from our presenting sponsor, BetOnline.ag. BetOnline remains your number one source for all your college basketball betting this season. Get analysis of every play, prop, and point at BetOnline. You'll find the latest odds, bracket contests, team matchups, and game trends at BetOnline. Updated odds for everything from live games to conference championships, right through the Final Four in the championship game. BetOnline is your college basketball headquarters this season. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to sign up and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Be sure to use our promo code BLEAVE, that is capital letters B-L-E-A-V, to receive your bonus. One more time, that is B-L-E-A-V, capital letters. BetOnline.ag, where the game starts. And welcome back, everybody, to another edition of the Top of Thunder podcast. I am your host, Dylan Hunzinger, at Thunder Chats. We are part of the Believe Network, and this podcast is brought to you by betonline.ag. Now that that is out of the way, actually, no one told me I shouldn't say that last week. So uh, after that thrilling introduction, we have another thrilling introduction of our uh, <laughs> of my co-host today. First, we got um, a workman's pod for my guy, um, oh, I, I had so many things I was gonna say for him the other day, but it's not, it doesn't apply, so I'll save it. Um, yeah, after wait, the recommend intro, we got Jerry. Yeah, wait, what the hell did I do last week to you know warrant getting like a crazy ass intro? It, I, I need a piece it, of this now. It was like based on you being drunk whenever we was gonna start recording, or at oh, least I was, buzzed. Yeah, no, I was. If I say I'm buzzed, I'm really drunk. If I'm if I say I'm drunk, I'm shit faced. So just so you guys know, um, that's how it breaks out for old Jerry Dog over here. There you go, Champagne Jerry, the jockey in the building, boys. Gotta love it. And also joining us today from the state of Texas, where they say everything is bigger, um, the one, the only Manny Moles. Everything is bigger down here, dude. Let me tell you, um, I. Uh, <laughs> I love the Whoa. soothing vibes that we got going on right now uh, on the pod. It's it's really nice. I don't know if I should be talking Thunder basketball or hanging out at a spa getting uh, getting a rub down. So uh, it's it's pretty legit here uh, in in Thunder Nation, especially on the pod. I'm excited to be back with y'all. Absolutely, man. It's been a been a minute since we've had the two of you on together. I believe so. That's that's fun. Um, I also got to just, you know, you can probably hear in the background. There's a lullaby going on in the background. There's a baby cooing and calling. That's my boy Nova uh, fighting sleep. So um, just try to ignore those background noises or let's just continue to draw attention to them because it is adorable. So, anyway. No, I got to say this is really freaking quick, okay? (laughs) If anybody has a problem with this, anybody. Just an inkling of an issue. I need you to write us a one-star review on oh, no. Apple. Okay? I We need to wash that one out that I still have hanging over my head. Um, <laughs> no, I'm totally kidding about that. <laughs> Legitimately totally over your head. 
Oh, is it? <laughs> it was. It really like was. Like five feet, five inches? Yeah. Sorry I had 12-foot ceilings. My apologies. <laughs> My bad. Or did they just look 12 foot? No, they were definitely 12 feet. Shut up. Okay? <laughs> Moles can actually make height jokes because Maddie Moles is freaking tall, so... Um, guys... Uh, there's no transition for that, so uh, here we go. The Thunder played a game last night against the Phoenix Suns. Um, one of the biggest games of the season is just in terms of um, the scope, uh, the playoff race, and the upcoming stretch that we were about to come up against. And they were victorious, 124 to 120. Um, important to note that Phoenix Suns did not have Kevin Durant and DeAndre Ayton, but it's also important to note the Oklahoma City Thunder didn't have Chet Holmgren or Kenrich Williams. So take that to the bank. Fair. <laughs> um, boys, we're going to talk about this game, all the fun nuances. I think Alex might be joining us here later. He was actually at the game, so definitely want to pick his brain. But first, as we introduce that, we got to get into the segment we call the single large item. So single large item uh, I'm going to go to Moles for the first one. Moles, what is your single large item for this game? Devlin Booger is freaking annoying. Like, that that dude... Matt Book is, like, ridiculous, right? Mm-hmm. Like, nothing that we did to try to slow him down worked. He's just so good at basketball, and he can score in so many ways. And it's very frustrating when you play really good defense and it still doesn't matter. It almost, it gave me an appreciation for what teams have to feel like trying to cover Shea because it, you know, watching it from our, from our angle and seeing all the things that Shea does, especially inside the arc, it's like, there's, you can't stop him. He's got, you know, some type of counter for everything you throw at him. Booker was the same, man. Like that guy was just ridiculous. And he all he seems to be like one of those guys that's gonna torch us regardless. Um, but really it came down to him. And when the when it really mattered, it felt like Phoenix went away from him. And so I don't know why. I don't I don't know why other guys were taking shots late, but whenever Book was shooting, he was making it so. Props to Phoenix for going away from what got them there, but I I know you guys are going to talk Thunder stuff, and there's plenty to talk about. But man, Book is just a joy to watch. I appreciate watching him play ball. Absolutely, shout out Devin Booker, uh, Kentucky Wildcat, great. Um, you know, it, it was nice that after the Kentucky Wildcats so graciously went out to the Kansas State Wildcats in the tournament that. Uh, it was followed up by two former Wildcats and Devin Booker and Shea Gilds Alexander combining for 86 points in the game. So that was fun to see. Bittersweet for the Kentucky fans. But yeah, man, I mean, Book's ridiculous. I, th- I think a lot of what what it was that, you know, came down to them kind of going away from him, you know, later in the game is Mark Dignall's adjustments. You know, he started switching everything, um, you know, kind of bleeding into my single large item. We switched to an all-wing lineup uh, to really just, you know, like I said, switch everything and make it difficult for their ball handlers. And specifically, Devin Booker, whenever he took a step inside the three-point line and got into the mid-range, we, st- we sent another guy to trap him because, you know, Devin Booker, he shot 3-7. Like, that's a good percentage in terms of the three-point line, but – 
Devin Booker's a mid-range assassin, much like Shea Gildas Alexander. So that's where we wanted to, you know, try to make it difficult for him. So, um, yeah, that's uh, that that's probably, you know, that's why I think uh, Devin Booker struggled. Um, sorry, there's no telling what's happening when over right now. Chelsea thinks it's hilarious, though, so <laughs> can't wait to hear it. Um, oh. Nice. He's a big boy. Um, okay, so yeah. Like we said, Devin Booker at 46. Uh, was just hitting everything. Um, one, one more thing I had to note about Devin Booker is, and I noticed this the last time we played, Lou Dort does not bother this guy at all. Like Lou Dort's one of the best perimeter defenders, one of the most physical defenders, has bothered the likes of James Harden, Damian Willard. Uh, you know, LeBron James, the list goes on and on. Devin Booker doesn't see Lugan Stewart <laughs> when he's out there on offense. And it's it's extremely frustrating as a Thunder fan, but I think that we have a plan that works should we potentially see the Phoenix Suns in the playoffs coming up soon. So um, kind of getting into that plan that worked, kind of getting into that lineup in the fourth quarter. I know you guys think that my single wide job is going to be about Shea because it usually is, but – I've got to talk about the guy that absolutely changed this game, and that is Aaron Wiggins, a man that didn't play a single minute in the first three quarters, comes in a few seconds into the fourth, completely changes the game. He only had seven points, two rebounds, um, and two steals, but that was in 12 minutes of action. He was three or four from the field. Uh, he hit his only free throw attempt, and he was a plus eight in that time. And, he just made plays, man. He had two on those two steals were two on ball steals. They led to transition buckets. Um, he played really good defense. He and he gave us the ability to switch. And you know there was that funny stat going around earlier this year that when Aaron Wiggins starts, we win basketball games. And you know it it, it was a joke. Like everybody knew that you know just because Aaron Wiggins started, we wasn't going to win every game. But you know it, it wasn't a fluke. This guy impacts winning. And I, for one, as we, you know, transition into this kind of winning mindset, especially down the stretch of the season and going into the next year, I want to see Wiggins play more because I think he has, you know, he, he solidifies himself as like a high-level role player on this team and a necessary one at that. So, yeah, shout-out Wiggs. He's my Singwar item. He plays a lot like Kenny Hustle does, right, in – that's the, t- the type of motor and drive that we honestly have missed since Kenny went out and being able to bring in that guy with that spark and that energy off the bench at a time when we were kind of going stagnant and needed to like make that push great move by coach. And you, oh, you say only two steals, but those steals led to points. They led to buckets on the other end and led to momentum and led to a really key moment in which the, I almost called it the peak, but the Paycom center just went banana sandwich and like got loud, like in the, the KD Russ, you know, um, going up three, one on golden state type of type of vibes. And so games of consequence, this late, a guy like a guy like him can completely change the whole vibe of, of the game. Very good move for, for coach putting him in. And I, you just, you can't, you can't overstate it. Like he saved basketball. He saved this game. He saved our season. Like you just, you can't, you can't state 
how important he is. Uh, just put him in the Basketball Hall of Fame already. I concur. Is it my turn yet? You, may, you just chime in whenever you're ready, sir. Oh, okay. No, uh, I think it, this is kind of piggybacking off you guys, but I thought that this was probably the most impressive stat of the night. I think we had 31 points off of 14 forced turnovers um, against the Suns. And to me, that's definitely a huge recipe for winning basketball. Um, like on a ridiculous level, because usually it's on the, you know, about even with where you're at, um, you know, your, your turnovers and your points off of them kind of align, but we doubled this up, you know, plus some. Um, and you talked about Aaron Wiggins. I mean, I think he scored all seven of his points consecutively. I might be missing a possession or two there, um, but he impacted the game, got two layups. And then what do you do? He hit a three or was it free throws? It was a three, right? He got an M one layup. Uh, he got the he other one transition. Yep. I, I yep. don't remember what the other point was. Yep. Nope. That's right, though, because he got it on Chris Paul because it was a weak call, but I liked it. Um, but, you know, I think that that's just, just huge. Um, and the other thing, you know, I'm not going to focus on a player too, too much, but we won the rebounding battle, um, you know, by four. And granted, yeah, we didn't have – or they didn't have KD or DeAndre Ayton, but uh, they had that other really tall white dude that liked to rebound a lot. Um, and we just controlled the boards, you know, for not so much that first half, but in that second half when we started turning things around, um, we played great. And then I think that the scariest thing about just our stat line uh, last night was the fact that we only put up 20 assists to the Suns 31 assist. Um, so we absolutely got destroyed on that end, but we still found ways to score, uh, mostly out in transition um, and uh, off those turnovers. So uh, just credit to the defense for controlling the boards. And then, you know, secondly, just capitalizing off those turnovers because to get through, God, the gauntlet that I'll call it right now that we have in front of us, you know, just this week, um, we're going to play damn good basketball kind of like that. You know, it's, it's just going to have to happen. Um, and I think that, you know, you guys were talking about Devin Booker. I think we executed the plan the exact way that we wanted to. Um, cause like you said, you can't stop the dude, right? Like he's literally a walking bucket wherever he wants to get the, the shot up at. Um, he's just ridiculous. And, you know, we threw, God, at least three different guys at him um, that I can remember off the top of my head. We had J-Dub. We had, of course, Lou. And then I think Shay jumped on him for a few possessions, too, there in the fourth quarter, if I'm remembering right, because um, they were kind of going back and forth with each other. Um that's just some damn good basketball, man. Win the rebounding battle, win the turnover battle, or the points off turnovers battle, um, and just don't crap the bed shooting. That's a that's a that's a really nice game. Yeah, death taxes and Jerry talking about the rebound battle. That's <laughs> there's 
literally three things that win basketball mm. games. Really and truly. Turnovers, rebounding, free throws. You do those th- three things very much better than the other team, you got a good chance to win. Yeah, we won the free throw battle as well and makes and attempts. So Yeah, which hasn't happened, it feels like, in like a month and a half as far as the free throw uh, disparity goes. Because what's that stat? Uh, what was it? The Suns, like – Reddit and Twitter was like calling Shay a foul merchant. Oh yeah, everybody's got that. free throw merchant. Yeah. That's ridiculous. And then if you go look at the free throws just taken in this month, he's not even top ten, um, which I find hilarious. And then you got Austin Reeves at number like three or four with seventy-seven attempts this, you know, in this last month. So that's crazy. Yeah, yeah, like no, that's that's not the case. He just drop 40 on your head real quick and happen to get 14 free throws, you know, while he was at it. Um, but yeah, I got 19. Was it 19? Okay. Sorry. But, um, I'm just a purist, man. I'm sorry. I love good defense and I love, love taking care of the ball. I think those two things, especially with a team this young that we can definitely outrun you, um, for days, (laughs) I guess not even close. Um, take advantage of it while you can. Yeah, nothing wrong with that, man. Um, I guess we're kind of get into our leftovers for seeing large items. Um, you know, I mean, nobody else has said it, so I'm going to say it. Say Gilders Alexander, man. I mean, we talked about his free throw shooting a little bit, but 40 points, 12-24 shooting. He was efficient from the field, 16-19 from the stripe, six rebounds, four assists, and a steal, um, plus 10, which was – Second for team high, which another with another person that we're going to talk about on leftovers. But, um, you know, going in, I think coming out of the Warriors game, uh, going into the first game in Phoenix, uh, Shea was asked about having to miss the Phoenix game because of a back to back. And Shea was like, Well, you know, obviously, like, I'm upset because I'd love to play for that and play in that game. It's easy to get up for a game like that. But I think we play them in a couple weeks at home and I'll be ready for that one. Boy, was he. Uh, you know, like I said, 40 points, and he was getting it done in a variety of ways. Uh, go go to our Twitter. I, I made a nice little TikTok video um, with Shay's clip talking about he'll be ready to go with his highlights, um, <laughs> with, with the sounds of Buster Rhymes and Mariah Carey in the background. So it's a real treat. Go check it out for sure. Um, but, yeah, man, I mean, he, he split somebody's do- ankles in half. Uh, he made one over Tory Craig in the midrange. Uh super crafty uh there was a couple possessions out of the post in which he was able to do a spin move into a layup um just the, the cradle dribble like he he was in his bag last yeah. night man it, it was crazy yeah well and the more that this season's gone on like for a little bit there i was just like okay is this sustainable right because his game is like it's kind of crazy you know what i mean like mm-hmm. you can't he doesn't have a comp really in today's league like i i can't mm-hmm. think of someone that is just like shay it was like okay is this sustainable after so much tape and here we are what 60 games into the season 61 games i think in the season no 71 games in the season 71 right? yep yep 71 games in the season and he's still doing it um it's just absolutely ridiculous and it wasn't even that like he he doesn't have to work that hard. I, and to me, it doesn't look like he has to work that hard. And uh, like he's been dropping 30. What is it? He only had one game below 30 in like the last month, maybe two. 
Am I wrong about that? I think he's only had like three or four all season. Oh, it's been ridiculous. No, no, no. He's only at 38, 30, uh, 30 plus points. If I'm remembering right. I think that's the stat that I saw last night. I could be wrong. I think that was the stat that I saw, but regardless, you know what I mean? To to have over half your games, you're dropping 30, you know, I think he's, I think he fell under 20 once this year. So since February 15th, he has two games under 30 points and both of those games were 29. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So just still like, yes, it's sustainable. The question that I asked, it was a stupid question because yes, it's more than sustainable what he can do. Um, and I don't know about everybody else, but this is about the right time that you want your stud to just be completely demolishing everybody still, um, especially if you have aspirations to make it to the play, play-in slash playoffs. Uh, and He's then leading it, the league in the scoring uh, post-All-Star break. Yeah, well, then I saw the the – there was a stat that I seen earlier where I think he's scoring 17 points per game on drives or he's leading the league in drives at 17 a game. I can't remember exactly which one it was. Either one sounds right. Yeah. It's still stupid. You know what I mean? Just absolutely stupid. Um, And he's just, he's just so cool, calm, collected throughout it all, man. Um, I've really enjoyed the Shea ball over since all-star break. Um, I thought I liked it before, but I love it now. Um, yeah, good lord, how do we we just straight fleece them? <laughs> uh, it keeps on giving, baby. Yeah, yeah. Um, you want to talk about some leftovers though, real quick? Yeah, give me one. Lou freaking Dort, right? Like, mm-hmm. I'm not even gonna talk about Booker. Like, Booker does that to anybody on any given night, so that doesn't matter. You know what I mean? Like, that's irrelevant. Just like Shay takes it to everybody every single night. Um, <clears throat> but Lou's shooting splits of, like, the last, like, couple weeks have been uh, kind of crazy. Um, and, yes, he has had some ups and some downs. Mm-hmm. Um, but for the most part, it's stayed on the high side of things. Um, and I don't know if this is just me because I'm just a huge Dort believer. But... <clears throat> um, he looks a hell of a lot more confident in a lot of those shots that he's taking right now. Um, and a lot of them end up being the right decision, especially like after the last two weeks. Now, when Shea's out, we won't talk about those games because um, those are the ones where he's taken some more questionable shots. But overall, dude has just been an absolute monster last night. He didn't even show up on the stat sheet that much, but he was making – all the right plays um, and uh, like just as far as on the offensive end, he was, you know, passing when he needed to pass, shoot when he needed to shoot, hit the clutchest free throws probably of his career, um, you know, with, to, with time expiring out or pretty close. Uh, Lou's just looking really nice right now uh, for a guy that, you know, three weeks ago, everybody wanted his head on a stake. So, um uh, Love you, Lou. I hope you're doing well. Love it. Got to get that one in. Always. Um, yeah, the the one thing I'll comment on, Lou, and I'll let Maddie go, is uh, he's starting to average one of these plays a game in which he just he dribbles up, <laughs> he dribbles the ball up to the top of the three-point line, 
and with without consequence just lets it fly and i'm like no what are you doing and it goes in and i'm like all right every single time dude yep yep and that's why i say it looks really confident um you know what i mean like he's like no i'm gonna make this um so i've been i've been loving what i've been seeing from lou over the last like two weeks minus, like I said, the Shea games. I think the Shea games have been, or the Shea less games have been a little weird for everybody. Yeah, for sure. Hey, before we get to moles, joining us is a very special guest, a person that was front and center at this game, the one, the only, the, the compadre Alejandro. What up, man? Hey, man, I knew exactly what three you were talking about. Like, yeah. literally... <laughs> Literally on that three, like the whole position, I was like, take it easy, Lou. Take it easy, Lou. And then he went up, you know, he rose up and he hit it. And I was like, oh, yeah. That's every freaking game, dude. No, no, but like like this one, it was like, like he had hit a couple. And it's just mm-hmm. like, okay, you know, there's some players that you're okay with a heat check. Like like Isaiah Joe, if he heat checks after like three or four made threes, you oh, understand yeah. it. Shay, him too, you know, but – him, it was like, okay, you know, you're kind of bringing us back, but you know, don't don't bring us back down. And it's just like, but he hit it, man. It was, it was a beautiful thing. Yeah, it's like all I ask is don't shoot threes off the dribble. Yeah, exactly. Um, so my my big single large item was uh, Booker, uh, Dylan's was Shea, Jerry's was Lou. My, Outside mine was of those- Wiggins, and then the leftovers was Shea, but it's okay. Um, Shay was leftovers. Dear God, man, Wiggins changed um, that game. Out, he gets game ball. I know. I know. What outside of that? There are a couple other guys that you can hit up. So who you got? Single large item. Since you were there, uh, man, I got so okay. So I got the the true sixth man, and that was the freaking crowd, man. Like that was that game felt okay. very. Like two, like, like two thousand eight, nine, ten, around that era, whenever we were first like realizing, oh crap, we're good. Like that crowd felt like that. Like when Isaiah Joe hit that three to put us up by, I believe it was five, like one hundred three to one hundred eight. Um, that was just like I got goosebumps just being there, man. Like I got goosebumps. Like I did the crazy shit that I always do while sitting at my chair. You know, where I just get up and I start, like, just throwing up threes and just, like, you know, yelling like a madman. Like, it felt like that. And I haven't felt like that in, like, three years, three or four years. Like, even the Chris Paul team. Like, the Chris Paul team was such a surprising team that you couldn't really learn to love it. You know, and then, you know, COVID. Like, you were learning to love it all the way February and March when they were winning. And then COVID hit. And it was just kind of like a weird, like, what the hell just happened here? You know, but this was, you know, this was the first time that I was kind of like buzzing after like 24 hours after a game. Like I'm still like, you know, looking, looking up everything on the Internet to read on this content, to read on this game, to to read about our future. Like it's just like it's it's good to be here again. And it was Um, good to see the crowd like that. When that when that shot went in from Isaiah Joe, did it feel like Russell Westbrook getting fouled in the open court against the Lakers? No, it felt like um, it felt like Durant hitting hitting the three pointer against the Lakers on that eight zero run. Like his was the last one. It felt kind of mm. like that. Like not necessarily like not like I know the moment that wasn't the moment, but 
it felt like the culmination of like three or four years of like build up to that point to to a game of consequence like that. Mm. And like the, the beautiful thing is that it was it was the mascot mania game. And so you had a whole bunch of kids there. Mm-hmm. So I'm pretty sure you just, you know, you created like a hundred, two hundred, a thousand just Thunder fans for the rest of their lives in that game. Like that game was it was it was like that amazing. The next generation of Thunder Podcasters. Exactly. Yeah, you know, you know, because you know, because freaking Valley Sports isn't showing anything on TV. So, you know, these kids have not been able to grow up with that playing in the background and them, you know, them, you know, asking their dads, asking their big brother, you know, who's that playing. Like, so this game was kind of like the jump start for that, I think. Yeah, for sure, man. And that's that that's why I was, you know, really excited to talk to you about. It was just the experience because Obviously, you said the crowd was into it, but um, you could kind of tell just by how much really the Suns was talking to the officials. It felt like it meant a lot on the court to these players too. Could could you see that from the game? Yeah, you can, especially like that 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 first was that, I believe it was the first quarter, the first half. I don't know the second quarter where you know you had. You had a uh, Bismack Biombo getting teed up for arguing a call. Then you had Josh Giddy getting teed up. Then you had you know Coach Mark getting teed up. Like oh, the back-to-back was, tech was amazing. Yeah, the back-to-back yeah. tech was like, and apparently like Josh didn't really do anything to get teed up, and it got rescinded today. Oh, um, nice. Yeah. So his if you're not talking to me, I'm not talking to you. Exactly. Yeah. But Mark, <laughs> Co- Coach Dagnall, just he you know he be focusing on those on those refs, and he knows their first names. And he goes after them, man. He goes after them. It's 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 great, man. It's it's awesome to see that. It's awesome to see that fire. See, and I wanted to give Mark some love real quick, especially over this last ten game stretch. Like, dude has been coaching his ass off. Like, literally coaching his ass off. And it's it's crazy. It's crazy that he didn't get a tech at all last year, right? Not one, not a single one last season. And I think he's up to like. I think it's like six or seven now this year. And a lot of them happen in like the last month or two. You don't uh, mess around and get suspended like Draymond. Hey, but I love it though. <laughs> I absolutely love that. I love when a coach sticks up for his guys and makes sure, you know, that the refs know like, Hey, get your head out of your butt. You're not calling this game the same way. Uh, and I always love the way that he, uh, he's been addressing that whenever he's been asked about it, you know, he's like, I just want a fair playing field, right? They're going to make mistakes. They're not going to coach, you know, not coach, but officiate perfectly every single game. I just want as close to a playing field as possible. And uh, I know Dolan is like, would be cursing me out right now because I'm just a ref hater um, because that's all I've ever asked for. Um, It's just making sure that it is a fair, uh, you know, game across the, across both teams. So, uh, but Mark's, Mark's done just a great job over the last, you know, since all-star break really um, and just making sure that this team's ready night in and night out. Um, I think the only game that we can say that they were not ready at all was that last Suns game when we got blown out by, you know, 30 plus there. You mean the game where, you know, Jalen Williams and Shea Gildas Alexander were out? Yeah. Like I, I literally, I think I turned it off in like the third quarter. I was like, yeah, I I can't do this the rest of the way. It's going to ruin, it's going to sour me. So, so on that, like, there were some questionable things, though, that Dagnall does sometimes that just, like, make me kind of like, like, what are you doing? Like, there's, 
there are times in the first quarter, late in the first quarter, where he literally does not have SGA, Jalen Williams, or Josh Giddy on the floor. And so you're having to have this, like, weird – like, he had Dario Saric bring up the ball uh, for about a, a minute to a minute and a half stretch there at the end of the first quarter that I was just like, look, you know, we don't need to be – we don't need to be getting down by 20 here in the first quarter. Like, you know, it, it and it worked out, and it eventually worked out. But, you know, if you have three guys that are able to handle the ball, you need to stagger them to where one of them is always on the court at all time. Um, and so um, I thought that was a little bit questionable. And then, you know, that Suns game was tailor-made for Aaron Wiggins to play in it. Like he was, he was tailor-made to be small ball five, you know, or, or four and to wait to the fourth quarter to bring him in. Yeah, it was great. And it provided a spark and so on and so forth. But, you know, you needed somebody probably a little bit bigger on Devin Booker than, uh, Lou Dort, and so Aaron Wiggins was probably the perfect guy to bring out there to to defend him and maybe slow him down earlier uh, than what he did. But other than that, yeah, Marcus Marcus coaching his ass off, you know. Well, see, and and I kind of I kind of look at that a little bit differently personally, uh-huh. because guys are going to get into foul trouble, right? Like somebody might get hurt mid game. You know what I mean? I'm not saying it's preferred at all. And I totally get what you're saying about like, like, like don't go down by 20. That's just stupid. You know what I mean? Like don't dig a hole that it's that hard to climb up out of. But I I feel like a lot of the times with some of those weird lineups, he's like, hell, it's either going to work or it's not. I need to find out right now. Um, And that's the one thing that I think I can appreciate about the last two seasons specifically is like, you know what you're getting with all these guys. Like, how many bad Baisley minutes do we have to sit there and watch? You know what I mean? For over oh, the last, I, I, like, season, you know? I, tru- I truly enjoyed the bad Bays minutes that we got on Sunday. I can tell you that much. Yeah, those were great. But you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> he made sure to make sure yeah. that we weren't sitting on something here. There wasn't, like, a secret sauce to this lineup. Because um, there was a point in time last season where, like, Baisley was, like, plus – 20 every single game with a certain lineup. So um, I, I just think it's a, uh, let's get it out of the way now. Let's figure out who our seven, eight, nine are going to be. And yeah. then we'll run it from there, you know? And I mean, and um, I mean, look, we're, we're still, we're still in development. Like that may have been just a lineup to see, Hey, let's see if you have to, if you take all three of these guys out, can Usman Jang, you know, handle there you go. Yeah, yeah. I, I can see that. And that's just, cause I just don't think he's, he can't be that dense. You know what I mean? To be like, hey, you know what? This is about to be a strong lineup. Let me toss it out there real quick. (laughs) So looking at this, like Ushman got eight minutes, right? Trey Mann got six minutes. Neither one of them were very productive in their time. Uh, JRE was a plus five five in five minutes, but he got three assists, two boards. He played some defense. That doesn't pass the eye test at all, but anyways. Yeah. Yeah, but – like there, so there are still developmental developmental minutes that are being put out for guys. But as we start getting into the further games of consequence, where it's like now we have to win this game, like I could probably see some DMP coach decision for Jang towards the back end, maybe throw him in for limited lineups because he's a big wing. Um, but it's I could see our our uh, rotation tightening up quite a bit 
moving forward. Um, you guys have any last minute uh, thoughts about this game before we move on? I, I just wanted to just say one more thing that I thought it was like, I hate it for him because it was a bad game for him was J-Dub. You know what I mean? He was just not clicked in offensively whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Um, but he but. tried to do everything else right. You know what yeah, I mean? He, and, and, and he did. Yeah, and I thought that that was super impressive um, that even though his shot wasn't falling, even though he wasn't getting some of those calls, um, he was still, you know, going out there and working hard for the squad. Um, I just thought that was really impressive, especially for as young as he is, because most guys that age kind of give up. Um, And then just one quick mention, um, the, the surge that... Lindy Waters has been getting over the last couple of weeks. Uh, he didn't so much do it last night, but uh, on the offensive end, but his ability to get his shot off is absolutely scary. Um, and he showed it last night and he's not that bad on defense anymore. Uh, Very willing defender. Yeah. Like <laughs> early in the season, I was like, yeah. And he still gets like stupid ass bump calls. Like, just stupid stuff. You know what I mean? Um, and, and he, um, he's just able to like, not let it shake him. And he just keeps going. Um, so proud of you, Lindy. Keep it up, my dude. Very good minutes and helped, help helped with some of that, uh, momentum that we had there late in the fourth quarter too. Um, getting, uh, I remember he got one ball. Uh, who did he take it from? Was it was it campaign maybe? I think it was. Um, and and got out in the open floor and and got an easy bucket. And that's like we gotta we gotta have that. And you mentioned the thirty one points off fourteen turnovers. That was the critical point in the game for us. Um, J Dub with the five five dimes was an incredible playmaker. He was second on the team in assists behind yeah. Giddy. Um, we needed that extra facilitator and, and he, he wasn't making shots, but really he wasn't uber aggressive either. He only took six shots on the night. So mm-hmm. what, what I'd need to see out of him is a little more assertiveness in trying to get his own and score, but um, you know, uh, maybe you, that'll come. No, you have to go give it to the Suns. They made sure that if they were going to double or like key on anybody on the whole floor last night, it was J-Dub and Shea is who they tried to stop all the way. And I think that they were trying to take kind of what we were going after, right? It was like, yeah, book, go throw up 46, but no one else was going over 20 on your whole squad, you know, because I think everybody else had 12 points for them. Uh, but regardless, you know, the six shots, not mad about it. You know, I, I think that he made the first one and, and no, he missed the first five and then finally got one towards – Middle of the third quarter, if I'm remembering right. Uh, fourth quarter, actually. It might have been the fourth. Yeah, it was late in the game when he finally made one. Because his, uh, his first points came off of free throws. Yeah, because he had that missed dunk, which would have brought the house down if he would have made that, by the way. Um, but I'm, I'm still just pleased with how he impacted the game yeah. without having to go put up a bunch of points, man. It was just it wasn't, nice to see. It wasn't an empty game for him. Like, even though he wasn't providing that much offense scoring-wise, um, he provided 
things across the board that truly helped this team, um, you know, secure a victory. You know, those 10 rebounds, those five assists. Steal at the end uh, the of the game. Yeah, the steal, the stocks. You know, it was it was necessary and it was needed and it was it it was you know, it was what the team needed outside of his scoring. Agreed. So so moving on from this game and looking forward for the next several games, see we've got uh at the Clippers on Tuesday, hang out Wednesday. on Wednesday, play Play them again on Thursday and then play the Lakers on Friday. So three games uh, in the next four nights uh, starting tomorrow, all in Los Angeles. Young team in Los Angeles with lots of idle time on their hands. You know, it's like the schedule makers are trying to write in a loss or two. Um, And then we wrap up the week at Portland on Sunday before we come home and get to business and get busy against some of the, the weaker teams. So, that four game stretch, Alex, what's your prediction? I say two and two. Okay. I think uh, I think we take the Portland game because I think uh, I think Dane is done. You know, he, he had a quote today that basically said, you know, there's there comes a certain point in the season where the competitiveness is not needed anymore. Uh, basically, you know, protect yourself for the next season. And so I, I think he's I think Portland's gonna shut him down here soon. Uh, probably the same thing with Grant, and then we're going to see probably a a, uh, a a impression of what they did last season, where they were playing you know a whole bunch of G League guys. Uh, so I think we'll win that one, and I do think we'll win uh, one of the Clippers games. I would love to say three and one, um, but I, I think I think LeBron might be eyeing a comeback here soon. And I think that might be the game because he hates Oklahoma City for some reason. He hates Shea. Um, and so I think that'll be the game he comes back. Um, so I do think – I think two and two. Hates him so much he wants to play with him uh, in 2024. Exactly. Draft um, Bronny. Draft Bronny 24. <laughs> oh God. Jerry, what do you think? Next four games. Man, I'm I'm kind of being like really squirrely on this one. But I think this is a four and road trip. What? Come on. So, but this is the reason okay. why, right? This is the reason why. We're seven and three out of our last ten. Okay, we played some pretty tough teams during that stretch. All right, playoff contending teams. Um, I think that these young guys, especially after some of the interviews that we've heard over the last couple of weeks, um, specifically, um. J-Dubs, I think it was J-Dub, gosh dang it, it was either J-Dub or Shay that were talking about like, like, no, it was J-Dub, it was J-Dub, where he was like, everyone already kind of wrote us off, and we don't want to play like we're already written off, right, we want to go play and like, do some things, um, and just that, Shay's interview last night, uh, I, I feel like they know how close they are, to this. Um, and you know, you're only looking at 11 games left, right? That's it. Like you can make or break the rest of your season with, especially the next four games. You know, I, I feel like you come out of this four and oh, you can finish four and three to end the season and win this, you know, and still get in. 
Uh, well, hell, you finished four and zero. Oh, you're you're in the number six spot or, or five. Spot. Well, yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like you you need to you need to have at least the, both the Clippers games. You need those, right? The other two, uh, whatever, right? But I think that Shea actually kind of has a vendetta against the Clippers too, because he always goes at them like hella crazy now. Y'all, y'all uh, let me go. Yeah, yeah. Like y'all, th- me. You let me go. You know, and and I think that he really takes these games to heart. And with him being the leader, um, I think a lot of uh, the, 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 you know, the rest of the team, they're going to kind of rally behind this. Um, and I think the Clippers, I mean, yeah, is it going to be a tough game? But that team goes through huge stretches where they just don't score the ball. You know, they just don't score. And you can't do that with us. You have to be you know, putting points up. Like the fact that we won last night was super impressive to me because usually with us, it's whoever gets to a hundred first is going to win, you know, the, the, the rest of the, you know, just kind of right away with it. Um, and we didn't get to a hundred first last night. I don't think we did. Um, I think the Suns did, um, but four and I, I, yeah, I'm, I'm reaching for the stars here Four and So I, mean, I would love it. I think we beat Portland. Hot take. I think Dame soon will have played his last minutes in Portland as a Blazer. Oh, yeah. Um, I, I do think he's he's going to go elsewhere this summer. It's just the writing's on the wall at this point. Um, I think we take the... I, I think that we take one of the games against the Clippers, but Shea's not going to play against the Lakers because it's a back-to-back. And he's not, he's our, we've already established he's not playing second night of back to backs. I don't know if we're going to change that. Um, I think we are. So you think, okay. So you think that Shea plays all four? I think in this stretch, yes, because we have, we have places to rest him after this four game stretch. I think he misses one of the, what is it, um, Detroit and Hornets. Hornets Well, actually, shoot, pick one of the three because it's literally, Hornets, Pistons, Pacers, you know what I mean, within that week. Like, pick one. And I bet it'll be the Pistons game because it's the second out of a back-to-back. I mean, if Shea plays, then we could go three and one. If Shea misses, I think we go two and two. I'll hedge my bets that way. Um, I'm a sucker. uh, I'm I'm just saying. Here's the crazy, like, here's the crazy look ahead is Poku. Yeah, I mean, he's coming he's up been, off the rehab. He's been killing it in the G League here the last couple games. I wonder how he's going to look with the team, and I, and I wonder when the team – like, it would be great for them to, like, not bring him back for the um, – for this four-game trip and then go ahead and bring him back kind of slowly against the three G League teams that we're going to play. Um to kind of get his NBA legs back into it and then kind of release him back out into the wild there um, after that three-game stretch against the G League in the NBA. Oh, my God. I was actually was, thinking yeah. about this earlier. I was thinking about this earlier, and I think flip that around. Throw him into the dang deep end right now, right? Oh, yeah. And make him figure it out, you know, especially since he has been playing very well in the G League. Um, and – Coming from someone that sat courtside at a G League game, uh, it's not even close to the NBA. 
It's just not like they're big, they're fast, but skill set is just, it's not even close. Um, and that was with Frank Jackson dropping like 30 something on us that night. Um, love you, Frank. Let me get your shoes. Um, <laughs> but I, I say throw him in there because he could be very useful against the Clippers, for instance. All right. Like very useful yeah. against these Clippers. Um, he wouldn't have that same need, quote unquote, you know, against the G League teams. Um, but I just I just want to see the guy back and I want to see kind of what he's going to get and run. I think that's the biggest thing that I'm curious about with Pokey right now, man. It's just what's that really going to look like for the last 11 games of the season? You know, I don't I don't want to see a duplication of JRE like JRE has not looked like himself since he came back from that injury. Like, no, I'm, I'm hoping I'm hoping that's not what happens to Poku because the thing is, like, we're running right now. Like, we're not like we don't have time to, you know, hey, just go ahead and work out the kinks there for 20, 25 minutes. Not, like if you're not if you're not performing, it's DMP CDs, you know, for a couple games. And, and the thing with Poku is I, I worry about his like mental toughness when it comes to that. Like, you know, he has a bad game here or there, or like he has a rough stretch coming back and that, you know, bleeds over into next season. So I hope that doesn't happen. So I hope, you know, I hope he comes back and I hope it's, you know, it's a, it's a pretty quick transition back into NBA life for him. Yeah. So we've talked, we've talked about, you know, the next four, four games, talked a little bit about what follows that and, the rest of our season kind of wraps up against, you know, like Golden State, Memphis, Utah, uh, in some order there in the last little bit. Play in matchups as of right now, seven and eight is Dallas, Minnesota, nine and ten is OKC and Lakers. That's certainly gonna move around a little bit. So who do you guys think uh falls into the play in and who would you much like I'll I'll say that first and then uh follow up will be who would you like us to match up with the most in the play-in? Go ahead and start, so, Alex. So I think I think Dallas actually falls into the play-in. They're the seven uh, well, right I mean, now. Well, yeah, they're seven. Yeah. What I mean by that is into the into the nine ten range. Okay. Um, huh. I, I you know I don't know what's going on with Luca. Like I would figure if they're going into a stretch run, Luca would have been out there. Um, he's hurt, bro. He's, he's hurt. hurt. No, he's got that. He got that thigh injury. Yeah. Um, so I say they they drop down to like number nine. Um, I tell you what, man, Utah. Utah does not want to lose. Like I think they're lose. They lost tonight. They lost to Sacramento. Uh, or they're losing. Everybody to does. Everybody. Yeah, but the but they they started that game forty to nineteen. Uh, they're actually up by one with two minutes left right now. There you go. Okay, so that's a very that's close tough. game. Like, yeah. like Utah is tough. They're a tough team to out. They got a whole bunch of just dogs on that team. So I, so I think that, I think the Lakers bow out. They wow. go to eleven. I think Utah goes to ten. I think Dallas nine, and then us versus Golden State. Switch that. I think us versus Minnesota in the seven eight matchup. And I think I think we actually win that. So you mm. think Minnesota holds on with Ants injury? Well they held on today against New York. 
with Julius Randle dropping 54 or 56, something like that. 57 on 8 of 14 57. threes. Yeah, so oh they held on today. So, <sighs> man, you know, it's like at a certain point, like the math starts to run out. Like, you know, you have like 10 games left, 11 games left. Like, if, if the team wins, you know, four or five more, like they're in. And I think Minnesota is that, that kind of team. Like, I, I think Ant will be back. Um, I don't think he'll be out for that long. Um, and so, yeah, I think they, uh, they're the seven, we're the eight. Hmm. I think we, I think we actually probably hold on to the eight seed after it's all said and done. And we're probably going to end up playing the Mavericks, which that's the one team I do not want to play um in the play in i just i just don't want no piece of that i just don't it's it's such a a a, a setup game against dallas like no I, I would rather play the lakers the wolves the jazz i'd rather play one of those three than the mavericks um because like their lineups have made no sense recently. They're just they're, they. I think they're like purposely like just trying to get that rest, um, to make sure that they can make you know a deeper playoff run. Um, so I want a piece of that. Um, if we play the Lakers, we win. You know, if if we end up, uh, if they end up making it to um, Minnesota minus Ant, I think we win that game minus Cap too. Um, yeah, I think, I think as long as we handle business, these last 11 and get in, there's a lot of favorable matchups in that play in for us that we can at least get to that first round and probably get thumped. I mean, if we're being honest, cause we're either playing the Grizzlies or the Nuggets. Um, I think the only team that I think that I would rather play out of that though, is the Grizzlies right now. Um, yeah. they're just way too hurt. So, um, like I said, hoping to fall into that 7-8 so we can kind of go to the bottom part of the bracket versus going up towards the top against the Nuggets because I don't want to see the Nuggets right now either. I I like a lot of your points. Um, you talk about the math. Only three and a half games separate uh, the fourth seed and the Jazz, who are currently on the outside looking in at the 11 spot three and a half games this late in the season could be a lot of movement, especially with some of these injuries. But my prediction is it's going to be um, Dallas, OKC, Minnesota, and the Lakers. So as of right now, I think OKC moves up to eight. The Timberwolves fall down to nine. I just don't think the Jazz are going to make it. I do think the Lakers are going to be able to find a way to get in, and LeBron's going to be in the play-in um, to some magnitude. But the great point about getting the seven or the eight seed is one we're guaranteed a home postseason game right even as the eight seed would have to go play on the road against the seven seed but if we win then we're in the playoffs and if we lose then we host the winner of nine and ten and so with one game to get into the playoffs at paycom like it's it's going to be money so anywhere in the top nine uh seeds you're guaranteed at least one postseason home game 
that's a very interesting point that I don't think anybody's really considered, especially when you consider what the crowd was like in that game of magnitude on Sunday. So OKC, if they can just hang around and not be the 10 seed, I think they have a really good shot to make the playoffs. Um, I, but I think they're going to be in that, that top bracket in the play in at the seven, eight. So, um, okay. Real quick. Uh, let's get into a couple Twitter questions before we get out of here. Um, so, oh gosh, thank you. Um, at Alex Bowler, Jack, uh, when you watch at home, what's your go-to snack slash meal for NBA ball? Jerry go. Oh my God. Um, Honestly, peanut butter crackers and lots of water. Peanut butter crackers and water. Yep. So he's on he's on that prison food. Uh, Alex, what do you got? <laughs> um, no, I mean honestly, nothing that I I usually eat all the time. Like it's just whatever. I've been since the the game against the Cavs. I've got my little popcorn bucket. And so I really like to make microwave popcorn <laughs> and fill the popcorn bucket and pretend I'm there. So um, awesome. I even I even drink out of my OKC cup that I got from there also. There you go. You're, you were at the game. So, so there we go. Um, and then, uh, okay, and here's a fun one from also at Alex Bowler Jack. What's your favorite make a Godfather offer level player in the NBA for the Thunder? Oh. I think it probably has to be reasonable because I don't think like Tatum – is reasonable right maybe a jalen brown is but maybe maybe a guy like bam is maybe we go all in and say here's everything give us dame and we'll figure it out i don't know but um what what are you guys thinking alex let's start with you on that you you kind of took mine man like like uh you know how how phoenix it took chris paul to kind of push him into that stratosphere like I think, like someone like Dame, <laughs> man. Like I know, like I know Dame is older, but I think like Dame for like a maybe a two to three year stretch would be amazing as like our point guard and just shooting freaking threes and spacing the floor and like, like everybody like it. You know, you have part of like Thunder fan and it's like, oh, Trey Young, Trey Young. No, like Dame has been there. Dame has done it multiple times. And so Dame has never had a team around him, you know, consistently. He had like maybe one year where they went to the to the Western Conference Finals, but consistently around him to actually like kind of push him to where, you know, his stratosphere of being one of the greats as far as a point guard, as far as a floor general. Um, so I mean I would I would love to see him in, in OKC for a couple of seasons, man. How how do you how do you not like with how much we, we crush the paint? Like imagine all those shots that Waters yeah. and Joe are taking. That's Dame out there, just you know, eight to ten times a game, just letting it rain. My God, that's incredible. Um, Jerry, what do you got? God, yeah, I'm, I'm looking at kind of expiring contracts because I'm a cheapskate, so I uh, don't want to spend a lot, right? Don't want to cut into my profits. Um. But I, I think, I think I'm kind of sold on Kyle Kuzma. What? Um, 
yeah. Godfather offer for Kuzma? Wait, wait. So anybody? Anybody? It's a Godfather. Well, okay, okay. Godfather okay. Realistic, offer. Realistic. Maybe, maybe I didn't understand the, the intensity of the Godfather on there. I'm sorry about that. Well, yeah, if you're talking Godfather offer. Um, Somebody who may be available. Like, probably yeah. it's not Steph. Probably it's not Tate. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to go yeah. to real quick. Yeah, let's... I mean, that's the case. Give me Demona Sabonis back. Like, Ooh. give me Sabonis all day. Um, and have a banger and a finesser and Chet on the outside. And um, you want to talk about ball movement. Gonzaga but... front court. And hell, let's let's draft Drew Timmy in the second round this year. Yeah, let's just do it. <laughs> no, but I but I I would love and he just fits the timeline too, you know, like I would love to have a Sabonis, especially after the year that he's had with the squad that he's had. I think he could do that plus more with a team like us. So so my my godson offer Godson would be Miles Bridges, man. Miles I'm, See, that, 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 there goes I mean, Mikel, 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 my bad, my bad, Mikel. Son. My fault, man. I don't want to have anybody in Oklahoma. No, he's going to be I just said Kyle. I just said Kyle Kuzma. Like, you can't get worse than that. That's uh, very true. No, but. uh, Mikel. Yeah. <laughs> I I think with him, he's a godfather offer, is he not? I just say, Mikel, I, I say, like, I say God, I say Godson offer because he's younger. Oh, okay. Um, okay. I mean, he would be perfect here. I mean, I love yes. Dort, but here's Dort and a bunch of picks, and you can have. Man here's the beautiful thing: Jang. you don't have and to give up Joe. Dort. You don't have to give up Dort in the offseason. No, because we no. have the space. Yeah, we have, so we have the space. You can, give them a, you can give them a twenty-one million dollar traded player exception. Give them five first-round picks. I know that's a lot, but we're not giving them any players either. So throw five yeah. first-round picks at them. Hell, even throw Jang at them. I don't care. No, they, they, they can have a Trey man, and they can have a uh, JRE. Like, you guys can have that. You're welcome. <laughs> um, and they'll probably be studs whenever they go over there, too, just because that's our luck. Can you imagine, can you imagine Cam, Cam, Thomas. Cam Thomas and Trey man? It's just all cooking. from 30 feet, five times plus a game. Let's go. Um, yeah, I like both of those. I think Bridges probably would have been mine within reason if the Nets decide to just fully embrace the rebuild, even though he kind of helps and they can't fully bottom out because the Rockets have their picks. But yep. playing this game, I, I am starting to like really like that Dame idea, though, man. Like From the shot that ruined our franchise and buried us to then coming to us and us getting him a title, like the Pacific Northwest would just hate Oklahoma forever. If like yes, if that happened, um, yeah. okay. although 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 I think Portland fans would kind of like join us for a little bit there while he was here. Ah, uh, I don't know, man. You There's know how kind of like a lot of a lot of a lot of Thunder fandom kind of flopped over to Houston and then Washington for a little bit there. Not too many of them flocked over to L.A. whenever he went to the Lakers, but you know Russell Westbrook, he was our guy, so. I, I think that they'd be trying to riot in the streets uh, of Oklahoma City during the parade <laughs> if that happened. But speaking of Frickin that, hit, at, hit at, official, at official Bryson G asks, what street will have the best view of the championship parade and why? Uh, both of you guys can go because I'm, I'm not a local. 
anymore. I mean, it's just Reno. It has to be. Well, Reno. no, but you can't even have a parade on Reno, really, and you truly. You can't. Yeah, not anymore. You can't. Not with the Bricktown going that way. I think yeah. you, kind of, you probably have to take this thing. It's going to be in the park. It, yeah, I mean, I, you I, have to do it in the park, yeah. I think it'd have to start probably somewhere over there by the Devon Tower, like kind of north of it. Yeah. and make its way down towards scissor tail because i just don't think that you could get away with uh doing it on reno with the train bridge right there because like you can't put a double decker bus through that like it's not gonna fit um and we all know you need a double decker bus to have a championship parade it's it's like peanut butter and jelly um so uh if only, if only we would have gotten a trial run back in like 2012, 2000. Oh I know we could have had this figured oh out already. Gosh. Yeah, but I'd have to say probably I think it's Walker or um, why am I brain farting right now? I just know where to turn at. Um, I mean, maybe, we, we we just know it's going to end up in the park. Yeah, or maybe go down Broadway and then come on down the back way you know by Devon tower that would work um screw it just close it, the highway just close the highway and just give us like a two mile stretch of highway i mean our, our governor's done stupider shit, so it wouldn't surprise me if we did that one no that, that uh, would be too smart for him to actually do it yeah you're right there um but uh yeah i would have to say definitely not reno it's just not big enough and then like if yeah, you go too far west you got to deal with like the nasty liquor stores, the convenience stores that like the only thing that's keeping them alive is Colt 45s and those little glass roses where people smoke crack out of them. Um, I, yeah, you, Colt 45 during the parade. Let's do it. Uh, you know, I'll be there with little, some champagne. Little, 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 40 hands. little vials of crack during the, during the parade. Let's do yeah. that also. Let's go. Why not? You know, we couldn't, we couldn't pass wreck weed. We might as well smoke crack. Um, oh, peanut, peanut butter and hey, crack sandwich. Hey, yeah. damn, um, it, damn it, we're we're in Oklahoma. It's meth. Calm yourself down. Yeah, it, it's <laughs> it's our favorite. It's world meth. famous. Yeah. Um, at Thunder Talks, uh, thoughts on why Wiggins doesn't get more run? I, me personally, it is just my own crazy conspiracy theory. Is we know what we get with him, and we're not trying to show our full hand throughout the season. Like we just get him just enough run to make sure that he's still okay. Um, and it's just my crazy conspiracy theory. Like, that's all that this is. Nothing else. Like, uh, I hear that. Weapon X. I, yeah. I hear, I hear that, and I hear that he's on the Kenrich plan and blah, 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 blah. But, man, you know, like, there comes a certain point, like, where if you have a player like that, like another team is going to swoop in and whenever he becomes a free agent now if they don't if they don't ever let him go to free agency okay great but if he goes to free agency another team's going to swoop in and probably offer him like you know 8 9 million dollars a year which we can match which we can go ahead and match can he but, get 7 right well, he's right yeah Kenrich got 6 yeah 6 to 7 yeah but I think that's a little so, bit different too. And I think that, that the big savings that we've had over the last couple seasons, you know what I mean? Like I think Clay's, you know, he's padding those pockets right now. I mean, we did get 17 million from the whole thing. So um, I think that he, um, yeah, I, I think we could sign him. I don't think that that would be a big deal, but I, I, me personally, I just think that he's like, you know, the one missile silo that no one knows about in the whole world. 
and you're just ready to unleash them whenever you really need to. I, I like it. Um, I just think we got a lot of guys and we try to figure out rotations that work uh, and, and just different combinations for what we can get for an end product. Yep. He kind of fits in a lot of things. So I, I think that since we know what he brings to the table and he brings that energy, he's a spark guy for us for sure that we can deploy. And we know that regardless of the lineup that he's in, he's not going to disrupt what we're doing on either side of the floor. So um, it's more to test the other guys. I think that if we get into the playoffs, he's certainly going to be somebody that's in the rotation. Oh, he's playing getting run. 15 plus minutes a game yeah. just for he's one. Get, he's getting run for sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's most definitely. Um, and the last one we have is at uh, Medicine Clam. Over the past few weeks, it looks like our most consistent lineup, especially against more talented veteran teams, is a small ball combination with either Joe or Lindy subbing for Jay Will. Do you think Mark will push this to the point of starting Giddy at at the center with that group? Um, Jerry, how do you feel about the small ball Giddy at the five? And do you think that Coach Dagnall will will implement that? So honestly, like I don't think that, and and this has been kind of uttered multiple times this year is like we don't play position basketball. Right. Like we have guys that can fit those positions, of course, but like we really and truly don't play position basketball. I mean, one of you guys earlier were talking about Dario bringing the ball up during, you know, that where it was Alex, you know, talking about Dario bringing the ball up during that weird stretch or um, no, like honestly, I don't, I don't think it matters. I think it makes the most sense as far as what personnel they have out there. Um, and what's going on because you could best believe last night, for instance, if Aiden was playing, Jay Will would have played a hell of a lot more. You know, he would have had to at that point in time, really and truly, right? So I think it's I think it's kind of a mix. Um and you know, I don't talk to Mark personally, but I think that he he probably just looks at it as how do I say this? Essentially, whenever you go look at some of these lineups, can they outpace scoring and still hold their own on defense, you know, for five, six minutes at a time? Um, and you've seen them tinker with that a lot this season. And I think that it really just depends on who else is on the other side of the ball. Um, Cause we don't have the shooting just yet, the outside shooting just yet to kind of force teams hands to go small with us. Right. Like they can still throw a big guy in there and, and do okay. Right. Um, I mean, if you're, if we get down to like the nitty gritty of it, there's only really one team in recent history that has been able to go small like that. Um, but they also had two of the best shooters of all time on their squad also. Right. And the guy uh, that they played small was an elite defender. Yeah, like it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's, I think that's such a special look. And a lot of, I think a lot of the NBA, especially us fans, we look to like, oh, it could work for anybody else. Well, it's not really, you know, I, I, I think you have to kind of take some good and some bad on the offensive end and the defensive end and just kind of trying to create your own little lineup flavor um, that makes the most sense for the guys that are on the floor right then and there. Um, you know, if you noticed, I think uh, Dort's minutes were literally shaded with Booker's last night, right? There's, it's no surprise that Mark does that a lot, 
where he will pull if Lou's guys out, Lou comes out. You know, uh, he's catching that rest too. Um, so I, I just, I don't want to sit there and commit to a, hey, this is going to be the lineup type of thing. Cause I think that there's just way too many variables inside of it. And I think Mark kind of looks at the game the same way as, um, I don't need a set lineup. And then secondly, just me being the non homer right now, we don't have the shooters to do those things just yet. Um, unfortunately we just don't maybe down the road we do um you know having that i I love that lindy and joe lineup whenever they're together on the Mm -hmm. floor i love it because you can put them on opposite sides it's kind of pick your poison um i i just think that we we would need some more consistency out of that lineup um and it sucks because lindy and isaiah they just can't go off together in one game it's like one or the other you know what I mean? Or they both barely put up some points. Um, you, you're, you're not getting both of them. So um, to answer the question, yes and no. I, I don't know another way to answer that. Um, yeah. I, I, I think it was a very poignant thought uh, when you talked about just can you pace and can you hold your own. This team is very unconventional. Um, I, I'll post a link to it. Uh, on my um, my Twitter, there is a, a really nice breakdown of our offense. Royce Young narrated it. It, it went into just how unconventional it was more yeah. uh, flow than pattern, um, really to where you just can't break us down because like A plus B doesn't equal C. We, we don't think linear like that. It's more mm-hmm. just the flow of the game. And Coach Dagnall, we saw this. We saw the makings of this two years ago when we were losing games and we were a bad offense, but the ball moved around and we just couldn't make shots. Now we have guys that can make shots and we have guys that can move the ball around a lot more efficient. And now we also have guys that can make those decisions a lot quicker. Mm -hmm. So um, based on all of those skill sets, and we see that kind of up and down the roster, if you can't make quick decisions, if you don't play hard on defense, if you're not a willing defender, you're not getting minutes. Yeah. Trey Mann has a couple of bad series on defense. He gets pulled. Immediately. It, just, it happens. Yep. And so guys like Lindy, he's he's willing. Isaiah Joe, he's willing on defense. And then those guys can provide a lot of space. Sometimes they, they uh, sub in for each other to provide that spacing. A lineup I'm really excited to see, especially in the playoffs when you start getting into the half court and stuff and spacing becomes even more important. Shea, Giddy, Dub, Joe, and Waters. I yeah. want to see that lineup a lot because you have you have two guys that can play big in Dub and Giddy. You have a lot of length. You have guys that can cut and, and threaten the paint. And you have backdoor cutters uh, all over the place along with the space thing that you get from joe and from waters and you don't really have a big to like battle into the paint on defense but the team concept that we employ in the zone concepts that we employ defensively i think could help us get away with that the only thing that could kill us is somebody getting you know 25 and 17 uh some type of like eight and going nuts or guys just killing us from the corner because which doesn't happen I mean, from the corner, yes, it does happen. But from the big man perspective, it just does not happen, right? Like, we're able to, through our identity, to be able to handle a lot of those things. And I think that's just where it's like, 
I think it just matters on the personnel because like the lineup that you just mentioned, I'd make one substitution to that. And there's only really one right now with who's available is I would throw Wiggins instead of Waters um, just for, a, you know, a different kind of balance out there. But even then, right, like you you nailed pretty much Royce's video perfectly because that's I, I think that's the best explanation that I've heard um, of how this team works probably one of the best ones I've just heard in general about NBA teams because um, it's not linear, right? Like we'll collapse on you and we're going to make it tough. Or you're going to have Jay will sitting underneath the basket, ready to take a charge. Right. It was like me and Steve went back and forth a week or two ago about like, I value getting offensive fouls, right. More than steals. Right. Like I'd rather have 14 offensive fouls and 14 steals. Um, you still get a change of possession, right? You still, you're, yeah, it's not in the fast break essentially, but we don't need that really and truly because our normal pace is a fast break type of pace. Um, you know, you, you, there's just, there's so many things that are like so intriguing right now with where we're at. And, and it's scary because we don't have a POCU. Right. He's been out for the last two and a half, three months. We don't have a Chet Holmgren, you know, in there just yet. We don't have a lot of these missing pieces. Um, that'll definitely be more valuable. Right. Because down the road. Sorry, Isaiah. If Poku's shooting about the same percentage as you, I'm playing Poku every time. Can't help it. If Can't Poku help, shoots. If Poku shoots 40 plus percent from three, Poku's making 25 million a year. Good. Good, because <laughs> he does everything else better than Isaiah Joe. Rebounding, passing the ball, everything's better with with a Poku. Um, you know, or you got a Chet. You know, that's that's you know able to to stretch the floor, still defend the rim. Like, if Poku does the same stuff, you know what I mean? Like, it's just it's it's we're missing so many pieces, and I think that's probably like my one regret is like the season's winding down is damn, we had a lot of injuries this year. We really did. We had some guys out for some stretches. And um, just credit to these guys, man, just for, just like you said, it's a culture thing, right? It's 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 what they believe in. It's, it's what they're going to continue to do, whether they're up by 25 or they're down by 25, you're still going to get the same Thunder team every single night. So keep um, coming. Yeah, I, I mean that's such a great question, but it's so hard to answer that from my, from at least my lens over here. Like, I actually might text because I have Doctor Clam on speed dial over here. I might text Doctor Clam myself and ask him what he thinks about it, just because I'm I'm kind of curious. I, I just yeah, I, I don't see a need for it. So, but I mean, point forward, Giddy is has been a thing. He's played a lot of the quote unquote four a lot. Yeah. He could very well slide into the five. I see your, I see the vision there. I yeah. do think that Jay will doesn't limit us on either side of the floor either. He spaces it really well. The booms. I feel like his threes are worth like 3.2 points for yeah, us no. just with the boost that we get out of seeing them. Well, because um, what it does, it's not even that either. It stretches that defense out. So that gives Shea another foot or two to work with as he's trying to, you know, drive to the basket or Giddy driving to the basket or Jay. You know what I mean? Like there, there's there's so much room for activities with this lineup. And it's not even <laughs> like it's not even like set up 
the way that we that we know it'll be set up going, especially going into next year. And that's why, like, I'm really excited. And I've been like, I've, I've been really trying to just shut the fuck up on Twitter recently, right? Because I'm trying not to jinx it. But like, by God, if we get into the playing game, just the playing, right? And I, I had this argument. It was with you at the beginning of the season, actually. We had this debate about lot of lots, right? And what's more valuable, all right? So I'm going to ask you right here, right now, since it's kind of within reach, all right? Do we trade the play-in for that extra 2 3% of, of lottery odds right here, right now, today? Not so much the beginning of the season when we first had this discussion. I think that the way to get to the odds of consequence is now out of reach. Oh, but so let's just, so we've got to go, we've got to go all in to try to make the play in because we're all lumped so close together here in the play in spot. Okay. Let me rephrase no my question. Real, I, there's no viable way that we could get to like the sixth best odds. No, I, I get that. So let me, let me rephrase my question then. All-star break. We're at all-star break. Right, where it's, I, it's, okay. it's there. You know what I'm saying? What, what I, do you I'll qualify after this. watching I got that you. team. Yeah. The first the first game after the All-Star break and Shea was playing and we lost against Utah mm-hmm. in a heartbreaker. That game hurt because I wanted that game. Sure. And then we lost five straight and I was like, bet, I'm cool with us. Now repositioning for development. Let's make our odds the best they can be. And then we go off and we win seven out of 10 right after that. So just when I get my mind and my heart set on something, this team just hits me with the, o- the okie doke and the Uno reverse card, if you will. And I have to just like forget everything that just happened. Um, so at, right after the all-star break during that game against the jazz, I wanted that win bad. I wanted us to push and just see how far this team could go. I was having the vibes of the Chris Paul team and then we lost five in a row. And I was like, bet sure. Brandon, Brandon Miller. He's not off my board yet. Type of thing. Like we could still get to him at three and now he's the hot guy for two or whatever. But I was like, yeah, we could still get a top four pick. Like, let's do that. Let's add a a six ten guy that can shoot and all that. Like bet. Sure. Now I'm like, whatever happens, happens. It's supposed to happen that way. But I don't want us to be, I'll say this. I don't want us to be at 11 in the West. Well, no shit, I, but what I'm just saying, like for, for that, I'm, I'm just looking that at little it bit, straight. That, that little bit of equity to be 11, that's better than 10, no, and you're not going to play in, isn't worth it to me. No, that's and I understand that. I understand that. But where we're at right now, right, do you think the play-in for this team is more valuable this season the next season with it being in reach. Um, I think, I think everybody in Thunder Nation right I now think, is in agreement that we're making the play in or better next year. It's happening. Well, oh, we're, we're knocking on top five seed. That's what I'm saying. So like we're, um, we're there next season, but do you value that, that, that quote unquote playoff experience as much as I, I say- did now than what I did, you know, four months ago, five months ago. I will say that I value, I would value top six odds more than the play in experience. Oh man, right I can't now. stand your face. Okay. But well, I, th- I thought I was going to turn you into a believer finally, and it didn't happen. But, 
that's just me looking at it for this because I already know that we're coming next season. Yeah. Now that I'm not, don't get it twisted. I'm going to be yelling at the TV as loud as anybody, you know, from here on the rest, especially the next four games. Sure. Like they matter. I want us to win. Um, but if I could choose right now, hey, you guys are the eight seed uh, in the play in, or you guys have the six best draft odds. I'm taking the six best draft, draft odds and moving forward. Well, um, but that's that's just me looking at it in, in a, a bigger picture than this year. Uh, yeah, but we're I all stick on the same story. Team. Yeah, playing playing is way more valuable than a few more percentage points, buddy. I mean, the uh, Suns, the Suns in the bubble won like all games in a row, and then made the move for Chris Paul, and yeah, you know, like went. then went to the finals. Yeah. So I see the I see the the linear uh, thought there, but yeah, okay. I'd still well, like fair. one. I'd still like one more dude. I'd still like one more dude on this team. Well, we're going to trade for Dame Lillard, so it's okay. Uh, Done. Boom. I think we all agree. Let's go. <laughs> Dame time in OKC. <laughs> now, that was a great question, though, Dr. Clam. I like that one. All right. That's it for Twitter questions. So, Jerry, any parting thoughts for uh, for the pod? We're going to go 4-0 this week. Um, we're going to be in the perfect driver's position to get ourselves into that eight seed or better. Um, I truly feel like this team is super duper hungry. And then my only last parting thought is I agree with Mark where I say, get your butts in the dang arena already. Um, I've gave out, I don't know how many seats this year or even tried to, and some people didn't even pick them up. Um, just go. All right. Like it doesn't matter. Just go, go support those guys. Go let them know that we're behind them. Um, Cause y'all, everyone has to remember that they're going to be free agents someday. And we want them to know what they have here instead of looking on the other side of the fence and acting like it's better than what we got. So um, go to basketball games, cheer really loud this week. Exactly. If if this was a stock, you would want to be buying right now because yes. it's about to go to the moon. Yeah. It's so not going to go. <laughs> uh, it's not SVB either. Um, no, it's not. So, <laughs> all right. And and my my final thoughts are uh, to just enjoy basketball. We've got like 10, 10 ish games. Eleven left. games left. Yeah. Eleven enjoy games. It. Like the season's blown by. Don't take any game for granted. Um, if you can find it you know, wherever you, you can watch it or whatever. Um, like it's, it's just such a blessing to be able to watch this team and watch them grow and see what they can become. And it, the last two years have sucked to get us to this point. <laughs> so yeah. um, this is when it's starting to pay off a little bit is seeing like basketball that matters late March, early April. So yeah. um, enjoy that and, and appreciate the the ride that we've been on and it's only up from here. So um, thanks everybody for joining us on the uh, OKC Topic Thunder podcast. Um, you know, hoop when you can, uh, go see games when you can, <laughs> and as always, thunder, thunder up. up! What? Dylan has to end this. We can't. Oh wait, we we can we can. How do we do that?
Thank you for listening to the Topic Thunder podcast. Our podcast is available to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Play, or anywhere else you listen to your podcast. Be sure to leave us a five-star rating and a positive review, and follow us on Twitter at OKC Topic Thunder. Thunder up! Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.